the innermost place. And so uh, as we've uh, lifted um, some of our message, some of our theme out of Galatians, we've taken Galatians, we've used that, um, we've not expounded Galatians, but we've lifted uh, some of our thinking and our, out of that uh, wonderful book. God wants to bring light and life into every part of our lives, hidden or not. There is life in being open to God and to one another, and from a healthy heart, life flows. And so we've been encouraged over the last four weeks to open our hearts to God, to trust God, to open the most inner, our innermost being to God, and to open our hearts to one another, and to trust one another too, to look out for one another, for care for one another. We've seen that in Christ we are new creations, that the old nature, the old self has been crucified in Christ and that we're, we're new creations in Christ, that sin does not dominate or define who we are as believers. It was a great message by Richard on that. <laughs> We've uh, seen that we're adopted children of the living God. And this morning I'm going to uh, read Galatians chapter 5. I'm not going to expand all of Galatians chapter 5, but I'm just going to read it uh, to give some context to what I'm saying. And just let the Word of God speak to us as I read. Paul says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I'm reading Galatians 5, yep. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty whoever he may be. Brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offence of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the old self. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, Love your neighbour as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the old self. For the old self desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the old self. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. 
The acts of the old self are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and, ev ev and envy, <laughs> drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the old self with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying, envying each other. I'm just going to grab a water. As we read Galatians, we pick up some of Paul's passion. It's a passionate letter. He's full of emotion. At times, he's angry. We can, we can pick up his passion, and he says here, in verse 1 it is for, of Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be, be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He exhorts us, he exhorts the Galatian church to stand firm, to stand firm in the freedom that they have in Christ, to stand firm in the freedom that Christ has purchased for them, for us on the cross. Wars are fought for freedom. War, people will give their lives for freedom. Freedom is of great value to us, and even in, our, in, in society, it is of great value. Often, freedom is misunderstood and becomes free to do what I want to do. But nonetheless, free, we value freedom, and rightly so. And Paul says, I put a great value on the freedom, on the freedom that we have in Christ. I put a great value on what Christ, on the cross of Christ and the freedom Jesus has purchased for us. He's indignant at a false gospel that says you must do or you must obey the law to have a relationship with God. He is indignant and rightly so because he knows that our relationship with God depends on this. Our relationship with God depends on the freedom that Jesus has purchased for you and I through the cross of Christ. And he's indignant at these guys who are saying, you've got to be circumcised. You've got to be circumcised to be saved. You've got to be circumcised to be in the, in the family of God. There's this group trying to influence the, the, the Gentile believers. Paul's not against circumcision per se in the Bible, but when it comes to our relationship with God, our acceptance with Christ, our salvation, he says, no way, no way. These guys were, going, were saying, not only you have to be circumcised, but the law of Moses was behind their thinking and that, that you're going to have to obey the law of Moses to be made with, right with God. 
And he says, no way. Stand firm in the freedom that is in the gospel of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Simply trust Jesus. And I believe that's what God's saying to us and encouraging us this morning, is to simply trust Jesus. What has God set us free from? We've already seen from uh, previous uh, passages of Galatians that God, that Christ has set us free. Paul says early on in Galatians, He has set you free from this present evil age. He set us free from this present evil age, which is under God's uh, curse, under His judgment, this present evil age, where sin and Satan are so active. He has set us free from the law or from legalism. He has set us free from sin, from guilt and shame. He has set us free from ourself. He has set us free from self. I actually read from the NIV today and I changed sinful nature where the NIV says sinful nature to old self. I like that, old self, because in Christ, our self, our self is old. And we are new creations in Christ. We are new creations. And He has set us free from these things. But today, I'm emphasizing that He has set us free to something. He has not just set us free from, but He has set us free to. Jesus, through His death, burial and resurrection, has set us free to come into a relationship with God. He has set us free to experience Father, Son and Holy Spirit. God has set us free to walk in righteousness and serve the living God. He has set us free to live life the way he has created us to live he has set us free jesus has set us free true freedom is found only in knowing and trusting jesus amen true freedom and paul says i want you to hold fast to this freedom i want you to hold fast to this gospel i want you to hold fast to it and not be persuaded by any other See, righteousness, there's one thing the Jews knew about righteousness, and this circumcision group knew it. They knew that God is righteous. They knew that God is a righteous God, and He is. He is altogether good. They knew that God loves righteousness, hates unrighteousness. They knew His kingdom was one, is one of righteousness. They knew that. But what they didn't know was how to know God's righteousness. Righteousness. You and I need righteousness to be favorably related to God, in relationship with God. We need righteousness. We need it, but not our own. Not our own. We need God's. And Paul has demonstrated this time and time again in Galatians. And he says there in verse 4, and I'll read it, in, in 
verse 5, chapter 5, verse 4. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. You who are trying to be made right with God through obeying the law, you have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. That's a serious warning. I don't believe in, in this passage that Paul is actually saying in this, in this text, that Paul is saying the Galatian church was beyond the reach of God's grace in that they couldn't turn back to him or turn to him. But he is, he is warning that, that if you put your trust in another gospel, in someone else, you will be, you will be outside the reach of God's grace in that you will not be receiving a recipient of God's grace. You will not be a recipient. And Paul says, the only way to be a recipient of God's grace is to trust only in Jesus Christ and to trust only in His death, burial and resurrection. It's so important righteousness in our relationship with God. In fact, if we're to enjoy God, if we're to know God and experience God, we need to know His righteousness. We need to have a revelation and understand His righteousness, the righteousness that He wants to give us. Righteousness. If, we're, if our prayer lives are to be effective, if our life in the Spirit, and I'll talk about it later, is to be rich. We need to know God's righteousness. And the Apostle Paul says in Romans 3, have I got that one there? Sorry, Romans 1 verse 17. In the Gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, or from beginning to end, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. A continual trusting in Jesus, a continual trusting in the gospel of righteousness, the righteousness that God has purchased for you and I through Jesus, His death, burial and resurrection. The Bible gives us a couple of pictures of righteousness. Zechariah 3, 1 to 4. This is a, a picture of what God does to a person whom He chooses to give His righteousness. Then He showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin, and I will put fine garments on you. God had taken away his sin and clothed Joshua. Isaiah says, I delight greatly in the Lord. 
My soul rejoices in my God, for He has clothed me with His garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. I thought of those beautiful dresses Mandy was talking about when she said this morning of the girls going to a a major event. But God has clothed us in his beauty when we trust in Jesus, in his goodness. Jesus says this in Revelation, Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so that as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. Blessed is the one who remains clothed. God has given us and gives us His righteousness where to remain clothed. I had a little God moment actually when I was starting to prepare this message. I thought I'd better listen to Pastor Andrew's message the week before because I hadn't been here and I thought I'd better listen to what he was saying and as I listened he kept referring to uh, something else that had previously happened in the service which, which I hadn't heard and he, and he talked about Joe. Joe, he's talking about Joe's testimony and Joe's singing, what she sang and uh, lo and behold, Joe was at our place having a cover with Lynn and Tamara and uh, I thought, I went out and I thought, well, you know, it's all pretty personal, some of this stuff, so I wasn't going to ask her. I didn't know whether to or not. But Tamara said to me, Solon, you, should have, you, missed, you missed what Jo said at church, what she shared and, uh, and what she sang. And I just thought it was a, a beautiful picture and a confirmation. It was a, it's a beautiful thing that God did to Jo and gave to Jo at the... Um, at the conference and it ties in with this that God has clothed us he has clothed you in his righteousness if you trust and know Jesus this morning and God wants us to be supremely confident in him and in what he has done for us he wants us to have great confidence and I believe the Lord goes to a great extent to show us and to get this right Paul has said to the Galatians uh, earlier, you know, Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified. I clearly portrayed what God has done for you through the gospel. I made it clear. I painted a picture in your mind. I want you to know. And often the Holy Spirit is taking that and applying it to our hearts and minds and opening our lives. And we've got to get this from our thinking, our theological knowledge and into our experience. It reminds me of a time when I was struggling greatly with condemnation and I I was under incredible condemnation from the devil. I thought, I felt like I was going to hell, I'll just be honest, that's what I felt like. Deep down, I knew I wasn't, the Spirit of God, I knew I wasn't, yet, you know, I'd get up here time and time again and I'd be sharing communion on a Sunday and no one knew, not many people knew yet I'd be being condemned, condemned. And you know, I remember one day I was sharing communion here in this church and I went home and we had Gabe, Gabriel, for lunch. (laughs) We didn't eat Gabe, Gabe came around to our lunch. 
And she said to me, so Lynn, Lynn, Lynn knows all about this. She said, we were having lunch together and she said, Selwyn, I just want you to know this. She said, when you were sharing communion, when you were sharing communion, I saw you, this is not to make anything of me, I saw you clothed in light. She said, I saw you clothed in light, Selwyn. It was like you were just white. She goes, Selwyn, I think that means something good. And I, and I knew, I that's all she said, but I knew what God was saying to me. I knew, but how long did it take me to get a real hold of that? I'm still getting a hold of it, but I'm growing in this, that God has given us, He has given you His righteousness. He has given you His righteousness. He has clothed you, and you will not obtain righteousness by any works. You will not, never obtain righteousness a right relationship with God by what you do. It is not, our relationship with God is not based on the works of the law. It is not based on works. There is a big difference between the works of the law and the works of faith. It's not my message today, but there's a difference. God does ask us to respond. God does ask us to obey, but we are saved we are in relationship with God because of His righteousness. We are in relationship with God and we're able to walk in a life pleasing to God, in, a, in life experience of His righteousness because God does not only impute, or if you want a, a, a theological term, He does not only justify us, but He sanctifies us and He gives us His righteousness as an impartation and He, through the Holy Spirit, enables you and I to grow in righteousness, to walk in righteousness. Listen to what, um, in verse 7 of Galatians 5, Paul says to the Galatian churches, You are running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept obeying the truth? You were running a good race. You had embraced this message you had embraced, you were justified, you were, and you were running a good race. Justification is just the start of our salvation experience. Someone cut in on you. You were running a good race. So it's very tempting, very tempting as believers to having been started out with the Spirit of God to fall into legalism to fall into self-righteousness. You see how Jesus defines a relationship with Him or eternal life as a relationship with Him. Jesus says, your salvation, your relationship with me is an ongoing thing. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. There's an ongoing experience, an ongoing trust, an ongoing relationship. Not just once believe, always saved, but continually believe. Continually. The word believe is very often in the Greek a verb in a 
present continuous tense. How do I know that? I learned it from someone. <laughs> I'm not a Greek scholar, but if you look up your Greek dictionaries, you know, ask anyone who knows Greek, they'll say that. A continual trust, a simple trust in Jesus. And as we walk out our Christian walk, as we walk out and walk in righteousness, it's not our righteousness, it's by faith and trusting in Jesus. Just trust Jesus. Verse 5 of Galatians 5 says this, but by faith, Paul says, we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. He's still hoping for righteousness. He's still hoping he has and knows righteousness, but he's still hoping because the Bible talks of our salvation experience as having been saved. We, were sa we are saved in the past. In the present, we are being saved. And in the future, we will be saved. All three. And God wants us to participate in all three and know all three and be confident in our relationship with Him not by works, but by just trusting in Jesus, a continual trust in Him. As I read the book of Galatians, and Andrew touched on this a little bit last week, there's a relationship between us grasping, us knowing God's righteousness, us knowing this righteousness that is a gift from Him to us. There's a relationship between that and our freedom in the Holy Spirit. There's a relationship between that and us receiving the Holy Spirit. There's a relationship between this simple trust in Jesus and the righteousness that, that God has given us in, in our relationship experience of the Holy Spirit. Let's just turn. I've got Galatians 3, verse 14. Galatians 3, 14 on the screen. Paul says, says, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the Holy Spirit. God redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham, that is justification by faith, that justification by faith, that is God legally declaring us righteous in His sight, giving us His righteousness, that we might by faith receive the Holy Spirit. Not just that we might be forgiven, but that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Galatians 3, we'll just go back bit earlier in Galatians 3, Paul says this, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Did you believe by the Spirit 
by the works of the law or by believing what you heard. What had they heard? They had heard this message that in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed. They had heard this message that through the cross of Christ, God makes us righteous in His sight and gives us His righteousness. They had heard this message and that's the basis of them receiving the Holy Spirit. Are you so foolish? After beginning by the means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by the means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So so again I ask, does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? By believing what you heard. Simply trusting the gospel message. Simply trusting Jesus. Is the means through which God pours out His Spirit into your life and my life. It's that which makes us right, which makes us fit to receive the Holy Spirit. Nothing we have done but His mercy. There it is again, after beginning with the Spirit... Are we slipping back into legalism? It's so easy to do. You know, when I was a young Christian, I came to Christ. I actually had a mate say to me, Selwyn, he said, I've never seen anyone grow so fast in their first year of being a Christian. That's what he said to me. It's it's not wholly true. It's just what he had seen. but, But he said that. And I knew that to know God, or I looked at people who knew God and I read the Scriptures and I could see that in the Scripture, fearing God is a key in loving loving God, to fear God. And I still believe that today, to fear God, to fear. But there's, there's a right fear and there's a wrong fear. We need to fear the living God. But I know I would memorize the scriptures. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In fact, I memorized all this. All the, I could, perhaps couldn't give them to you all today, but I, I memorized just about every scripture to do with the fear of God. Yet, in my experience, I started to realize something. In fact, it took a long time for me to realize this. that alongside that, I'd set up laws in my thinking. They weren't even biblical. They were scrupulous things that, aren't, that, are, that are not black and white. And I thought if I did this, I'm thinking in my thinking, that if I did this, God would punish me. You could have asked, you could have asked me, do you believe that someone? You could have asked me about it. I could have told anyone. 
that's not, that's not true, that's not what the gospel is, the gospel's about freedom. But deep down, in my subconscious, in my soul, I, had this, I was thinking this way. See, it's so easy to start out with the Spirit and end up in some sort of works. It's a very easy thing, and it's very easy for those of us who want to pursue God, who want to know God. But God says, would you just trust Jesus? Would you just trust Jesus? In Galatia, I'm just flipping to Galatians 5 verse 7. Paul says, when, he, when Paul said to them, you were running a good race, who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? When I say just trust Jesus, I'm not saying there's no obedience. In fact, to just trust Jesus is part of obeying the gospel. It is a trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Some will say, some, some will take this message and say there's now nothing that I have to obey to be walking in the freedom of Jesus. I'll, I'll show you that's wrong in a minute, but just trust Jesus. Just trust and obey Him. Have I got Galatians 4, verse 6? Oh, there it is. Paul says, because you, are son, because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, the Spirit who cries, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, he's your dad in heaven, hallowed be his name. Do you cry, Abba, Father? Do you know the Holy Spirit crying, Abba, Father? It's connected, I believe, to our understanding of knowing God's righteousness, of experiencing God's righteousness, of being open to the Holy Spirit, being filled with him, walking in him, Abba, Father, We have two lovebirds at home. We have two pet lovebirds. One's named Sam, and the other's named Ollie. And we had Sam some time before we had Ollie. Both are hand-reared, and so they, the idea is that they love us and, you know, that they are good pets. And they live in a cage side by side. They don't get on well. We wouldn't let them out together. Ollie, uh, I, I think Sam might kill Ollie. <laughs> That's what we're worried about. Although I wonder if Ollie's just as crazy as she is because her man is just always locked up in her cage, in his cage. But nonetheless, we let them out. We want to let them out and let them into our room and fly around the house. And Sam, he loves this. He comes out and we let him out and he enjoys his freedom. He enjoys flying around the house and, and flying to us. I mean, Samuel's home. He loves Samuel more than anyone else. And he'll just go to Samuel when Samuel comes home for a number of days. But then he'll fly around. He, he enjoys us all because I think he trusts us all. He trusts us all and he enjoys 
his freedom. Ollie, on the other hand, she won't come out of the cage. <laughs> in fact, she's Jessie's bird and she'll only come out when Jessie's home. And even then, she won't come out for a few days because she's angry with Jessie for leaving her and she goes crazy and ballistic. But if you let her out of the cage, the kids will depart because they don't want to get bitten. Ollie doesn't enjoy her freedom at all. Ollie just likes being locked up, staying in the cage. She doesn't know what's good for her. I've talked to her, but she's not listening. (laughs) You know, sometimes we think it's safer being locked up in the cage. We don't enjoy the freedom that God has for us. We think that it's safer and in some ways easier to make a lot of laws and a lot of regulations about what not to do and what to do. It's quite easy. You set the boundaries, you step over that, or you just stay within your boundaries. Sometimes it's easier not to open our hearts to one another, just to lock ourselves away emotionally and shut everyone out. It seems safer. I don't have to expose myself. I don't have to share deeply. It seems safer. I'm in control. I feel in control. But those things are stifling to our relationship with God and with one another. Sam trusts us. Would we just trust Jesus, just trust God and allow him to work in our hearts that which he wants to work? Would we trust one another? Look at our brother and sister in Christ and know that they're righteous, they're declared righteous. None of us are perfect. Would we trust our Heavenly Father and what He's purchased for us in Christ and live in the freedom that is in Christ? Paul says to the Galatian church, I want you to stand firm in this freedom. I want you to stand. I want you to remain. I want you to persevere. Freedom can be lost. Freedom can be damaged. And I want you to stand firm. I want you to continue and know the freedom that God has called, purchased for us the freedom of living in His righteousness, not our own, the freedom of living in the Holy Spirit. Would we allow the goodness of God, His character, the goodness of God, His righteousness that He has given us to expel our fear, to expel any apprehension of a life led by the Holy Spirit, a life filled with the Holy Spirit, There are two enemies of our freedom, two enemies of our liberty, which Paul talks about in Galatians. One we've spent a bit of time on, legalism. The other is license. License is the thought that because Christ has purchased my freedom, that I live by grace and not by law, I'm not subject to the law, I'm under grace. It's a thought that I can do what I want to do. That's license. That I can live the way I want to live without any consequence. That's license. One is self-righteousness. 
One is self-indulgence. Both have self that puts self onto the throne of our heart. And that's not freedom. Freedom is not independence. Freedom is not independence from God and it's not independence from one another in the body of Christ. Galatians 5.13, Paul says, You, my brothers, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge in the old self. Rather, serve one another in love. Verse 15, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Verse 21, I'll pick it up from verse 19, the acts of the old self are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, functions, and envy and drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who continually live like that, who don't repent and trust in Jesus alone, will not inherit the kingdom of God. He gives a warning to a group of believing churches. We cannot respond to the gospel and be unchanged if we're going to live in God's righteousness. If you and I know God's righteousness, if we continue to be clothed, He will change your life and mine. doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means we're growing. We're knowing God, His righteousness, His gift. And it means we're being led and being by the Holy Spirit. We're being, we're in step with the Spirit. In verse 25, Paul says, let us not become, oh sorry, in verse, yeah, 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So a life lived in freedom is a life lived in step with the Holy Spirit. That's a military term. It means to be marching along. And in the context of Galatians, it means to be moving in the Spirit with one another. To be walking together. Local group of churches, Christians in a local body of Christ, experiencing and knowing the leading of the Holy Spirit together. The Holy Spirit never leads us to be independent of one another. We're to keep in step with the Spirit together. We're to grow in our relationships together. The Holy Spirit enabling us to do so. And as we see one another, as we understand that God has clothed us in his righteousness, he has given us his righteousness, he has given my brother, my sister in Christ his righteousness, 
I'm less likely to be looking at all his or her faults. I'm less likely to be looking down in any way on one another. I'm, I'm more likely to be open to the Holy Spirit ministering to me through that person, to receive from one another. I'm more, we're more likely to see the Spirit of God move in power through one another. Paul says to the Galatians, you believe this simple message, you believe this message of righteousness, and God worked miracles among you. He worked miracles just through one another. Why? Simply because you believe the message. You embraced the message that there's a righteousness from God and I trust, we trust together in His righteousness. And we know the Holy Spirit is well able to work through my brother or my sister in Christ. Recently, God gave me a word of wisdom. I was in a, in a counselling situation and God gave me a word of wisdom. To tell the truth, that's the first time I've actually could say God gave me a word of wisdom. Specific, I went home and I thought, that was a word of wisdom. Thank you, Lord. Why did God give it to me? To tell the truth, I didn't ask for it. He just gave it to me at that time. But it's got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with his saving grace and mercy. Would we walk together in the Holy Spirit, embracing God's righteousness, going forth together in health, in strength, and in unity? We as a church value, and we can grow in this, I know, but we as a church leadership, we value teams it's one of the things we value we put a value on team and i think if you could look at any of the kids ink mops oversight we want teams we value teams and teams not always a structured thing i know but we value a team working together and we will wait we will wait for one another we will, we will listen to one another. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit in the direction God takes us as a church and what He does through us. Unity of the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. I'm going to ask the band to come. I'm going to close. I'm just going to open it up and we're going to have a time where if you would like prayer, if you would like to respond in some way to the message and you feel that that's right to come forward and ask for prayer, we'll, we, we have a team that can pray and stand with you. Uh, maybe you just respond where you are to whatever God's saying. But I believe today God is uh, just helping us get a hold of this, that we are, that we are clothed in His righteousness. And if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know God, if you have no experience of God, God wants you to come to Him and call upon His Son Jesus. And His Son Jesus will give you His righteousness. He'll take off 
all the sin of your past and he'll clothe you, he'll give you righteousness. He's a good, good God. He wants to give you and I his goodness. Today, if you're struggling in your Christian walk and you're just struggling, God seems so far, God wants to minister his love, his righteousness to you. He wants you strong, firm and steadfast in this, that you're free in Christ, confident that he will walk you through and out of those struggles that you're having in your walk with him. He loves you. He cares for you. He is good. He is good. If you have a physical need today, we have a team that can pray and believe God to meet your need. You can pray with us. That's one thing I want to encourage us all in. We have the prayer line and that's great. The, come out and pray with one another. And the Bible says pray with one another. I want to encourage us too for, to be praying. Because of His righteousness, we come before His throne of grace with confidence. You ask God. You receive from God. God wants to answer your prayers. He is going to. He will. Let's sing band.